Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Chalice Chasers podcast. Today, we've got our uh, first guest, Mr. Tim Hughes, calling in from Los Angeles. Tim, you there? Yep. Hey, Glenn. How you doing today, man? Uh, Great. You know, just uh, hanging out, just uh, kind of finish up my last day of work for the week. So, you know, can't be better. And watching baseball. Very nice. What, uh, What time did the game start for you out there today? Were they early? Um, yeah. So, I mean, with the Masters on, uh, I kind of have something to uh, watch from basically the minute I get up. So, uh, baseball's kind of taking the back seat for the last couple of days, but I threw the Phillies game on at like four o'clock today. Normally, they start at like 12 or, uh, you know, nine when there's a, a, you know, change over days. What was the nine o'clock game like earlier in the week when it was noon here? Was that an all day baseball event? Yeah, I mean, I uh, mounted a TV over my desk, so, like, I can just always be watching baseball. Um, yeah, it's uh, pretty dope to just always be able to watch baseball, especially when uh, it's been the Nats playing um, at 9 a.m., so I can watch my uh, my uh, boy Juan Soto go off, although Ooh. he's first home run. Um, yeah, all good. That's fantastic. I couldn't imagine getting out of bed at 9 a.m. and just rolling over to see my boy Juan Soto mash bombs. <laughs> I am uh, – yeah. Us East Coasters are very jealous of that. Well, uh, I guess let me uh, explain real quick what's going on. I appreciate you being the first guest on here. We're, uh, we're doing the first episode of the Chalice Chasers podcast, where we're going to cover everything from fantasy baseball to regular baseball, and then ultimately our namesake, the uh, Chalice Chasers League, where we, uh, you know, the 12 of us are fighting for the, the ultimate prize, the Chalice. And so um, I'm really glad you could join us today, man. Yeah, I'm real pumped to be, uh, you know, not just a guest, but you know, the first guest. So um, it's really just really a place of honor here that I'm really glad to uh, be a part of. Oh, that's fantastic. That's, uh, let's jump into this, man. I, want, I wanted to know, because we didn't originally start playing fantasy baseball together. You were in a separate league. When did you first start playing fantasy baseball? Yeah, so... Um, I don't know the exact uh, year it was, but I think like I first discovered it in like sixth or seventh grade, uh, just kind of poking around online. Um, And I think actually the first thing that I found was not like a regular fantasy league, but I think like there were these leagues and I could completely be making this up. Um, So if I am just, uh, you know, ignore me, but I, I kind of remember it being like a almost like FanDuel type, type league where you had like a certain salary, but instead of daily, it was like a year long thing. So I tried doing that and then also joined some random leagues and they all sucked. So, um, yeah, like, uh, just like poking around on the internet, just found these random things and they were fun. Uh, but it kind of sucked to they were just with random people. And I think the next year I started up a, um, a league of like the HCon people. Um, so that was seventh or eighth grade. So yeah, I mean, um, Started, I guess, kind of in the average range. I didn't realize you founded your Holocon League. Yeah, um, that league, uh, I don't know. It, 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 it was kind of nice because I didn't know what I was doing. So we had um, a league that was season-long points. Uh, so there's no head-to-head, no categories. It was just whoever scored the most points in the year uh, won that first year. Um and, you know, some people would argue that that is, you know, the true way to play fantasy baseball because, 
you know, there's no matchups, there's no luck. It's just who, who is the best player. So maybe we're just way ahead of our times or maybe uh, I just had no idea what I was doing, but yeah, it was definitely a very different league from everything else that I've, I've ever been a part of. I've got two questions on that. First, were any of the guys in the league today in that league? And second, do you remember who the inaugural champion was? Um, so I, I think Carter, Mike, and Urban might have all been in it. I'm not sure. Uh, but those are all definitely candidates. I don't think Greg was in it. Um, and I think that covers all of our CBE spaces. So I think it may have been those three, but I can't remember the entire squad. And I, I don't remember who won. It might have been me. I just remember it being controversial. Uh, <laughs> so I may have cheated to uh, win the first league or maybe um, uh, someone else cheated. I don't know. It, it's been so long ago that I can't really remember exactly how it played out. Uh, but yeah, it was definitely different. I, I'm pretty sure the next year we played it, we immediately went to head to head points. Uh, so, you know, the glory days of the season long points league didn't last long. That seems like the default. Uh, we kind of did something similar in a sense. It's like, how can we make this the most like football? <laughs> yeah. Well, so I didn't even play fantasy football at, at that point. Fantasy baseball was my first foray into fantasy sports. So, wow, that's interesting. I'm curious. So hopefully we can get more of the league on the podcast as time comes, because one, I'm going to ask the other members that you think were in the league uh, about this potential scandal, because it sounds <laughs> like there's a little bit of uh, uh, a little bit of blurred lines when it comes to the champion and how it was obtained. And then second, um, I would love to get everyone's opinion to see on. I just assume that fantasy football came first. I didn't realize that fantasy baseball was one of the earliest, uh, earliest things you had done when it comes to the fantasy realm. Yeah. Um, I definitely don't think I was, you know, of the majority there. I think I was definitely the minority uh, jumping into baseball first, but uh, yeah, I think that was like six or six or seventh grade. And then I think my first fantasy football league wasn't like until like eighth or ninth grade. Oh, wow. That's really interesting. Well, so I guess that that leads to the next question. I'm curious about like from your perspective, like what was what was fantasy baseball like for you then versus what it's like now? I mean, some stuff's the same. Like you just want to go, you know, be your friend's team, talk shit and just have a good time. But um, I mean, like just completely different because back then all I knew was like the Phillies and the people who I watched on TV I may have clicked on like a Matt Barry, Matt Barry article uh, that, uh, you know, ranked like a few people. But other than that, I didn't really do any research or look at many box scores. I just kind of watched the Phillies games and just, um, you know, really just went by points per game and picked them all up. But now it's completely different. And it's, uh, you know, all those pods and the articles and uh, just trying to follow everyone on Twitter. So it's been completely different from you know, start to finish. No, that makes sense. I'm curious other people's perspective in regards to uh, what it was like in those early days. Uh, Mm -hmm. I remember for us, uh, the home run was the first and foremost thing that you were after. If they hit bombs, that's all you wanted. And so it's crazy how things have, uh, how they've kind of uh, progressed and, it's uh, it's kind of cool to hear that you guys went through the same thing. Did you, did your league, did you have a lot of big baseball fans or were they more just fantasy fans or, you know, was, 
were the people in the league just because they were like, hey, let me figure out what's going on here. Give it a shot. This sounds fun. I got no idea what's up. Yeah, so I think um, I think we had a good mix. Uh, there are definitely some like hardcore baseball fans. I think it was mostly you know hardcore Phillies fans, um, and all just were like, yeah, sure, we'll try something new. And don't think we put any money down. We put like ten bucks down, so it wasn't really anything. Um, but yeah, I would say a mix of people, but it's kind of hard to say because I don't exactly remember who was in the league. Makes sense. Last question then. Uh, because it sounds like the league lasted a few years. Uh, mm-hmm. Who who was the dominant player? Who who was the in the league, not the actual like baseball player? Who was winning the championship year after year, if that person existed? Um, I think it only lasted two or three years, and I don't think we had any repeat champions, and I couldn't even tell you who won the championship. So um, there wasn't enough time for anyone to form a dynasty. Did you then, when that league ended, did you guys keep playing fantasy baseball? No, there were a couple of years off, uh, at least for me. I, I, uh, I had a couple of year gap between that league and then when, uh, you know, really I think that folded in the middle of high school and I, did, and I didn't really play fantasy baseball while I was in college until I you know, joined this league at least. Wow, that's interesting. Before you got the golden ticket into the Chalice Chasers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a long, uh, long, long sought-after invitation. Wow, you were sitting in bed waiting for it like Uncle Joe in Willy Wonka. Yep, exactly. You got that ticket. I was just in the minors getting ready to get called up. Well, I know uh, being one of the first members of the Chalice Chasers, it's awesome to have you in the league. And uh, it's, uh, it's just so much fun. And um, I guess now the league is so different. And I'd love to kind of get your opinion of what you're thinking about fantasy baseball right now. Um, what like even give give me a little bit of your perspective over the last like say like two years or so, like how many like before the season starts, what are you doing? How many hours a week are you putting into this? What do you what exactly are you doing? I'm just curious what fantasy baseball looks for you now looks like for you now. Yeah, I think it's well noted that I'm a pod guy. Um, I think me and you were the first two that were listening to, and we could and, and we could be the only two to be doing this, but uh, we were the ones listening to uh, the CBS uh, baseball podcast. Um, so I still listen to those guys a bunch. Um, and then also I know you got into um, the sleeper in the bus podcast, which I also kind of picked up on. Um, so most of my prep in the preseason is uh, listening to these podcasts and then just looking at their corresponding ratings. Um, I don't do many like deep dives on my own. Like I don't do any like, you know, uh, you know, real deep statistical analysis. I kind of leave that to like the analysts to just kind of compile their opinions and dig into cases that are like, you know, just one player versus another. Um, but yeah, I would say hours wise, you know, it's probably a good five, five to 10 hours a week. If you count podcasts and the time that I spend staring at my lineup and uh, you know, just reading articles. Wow. That's dedication. Um, I, I, I would imagine, and I'm curious when we talk to more people, what their view is on this in regards to the statistical analysis comment you made, I can't imagine many people are doing statistical analysis when it comes to the league. And I would think a lot of it is comparison, but when, when you say you just kind of listen to the podcast and then you like to kind of go and look at the stuff, where, where are you going to, uh, are you going to ESPN's rankings? What's, what's it look like for you? What's your tool? 
Yeah, I mean, I look at uh, the CBS uh, rankings. I look at um, like if, if 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 like I'm going for rankings, I go to the CBS website or the or just the ESPN one um, to get a general idea. But you can't really go too closely by those since our league is very unique in its scoring settings, um, and and you know most of them are set to the five by five roto. But we have the uh, you know the, uh, the added categories. Uh, but if I'm looking at like uh, stats for a certain player, I'm going to um, fan graphs. Um, yeah, those are really the three places that I go or spend most of my time. And then also I'll go into baseball savant a little bit for the expected uh, stats, like expected batted average and stuff like that. So, yeah, those are my core four, really. Baseball savant. Talk about a, uh, uh, a doozy of a landing page. You, you get overwhelmed yeah. on that one ever? Yeah, especially like the first couple times in the season where I haven't used it in a while. Um, it takes me a good 10, 20 minutes to remember how to navigate it and uh, figure out how to extract value from the website. Um, I couldn't agree more with you. Um, speaking of, you, you hit on a couple things there that I'd love to touch on, and we will save the scoring uh, of our league to later on in the podcast. Uh, the first thing I wanted to touch on is how you mentioned Fangraphs. And I know Fangraphs is um, a great source of sabermetric type of data. Um, some of these, you know, kind of rates they put together, like, you know, uh, uh, expected OBA or WOBA, um, weighted runs created, WRC plus, uh, are there any of these types of metrics or just, I would say to, to use a term to keep it current throughout so I don't have to keep saying saber metrics because it sounds like I'm in the Star Wars. Um, are there any kind of advanced statistics that kind of catch your eye or you believe in or you uh, are fond of or what, yeah, what, do, what are you thinking about that? Yeah, so I, I guess I can bring you through like my personal process, how I you know, take a look at these players. Cause I, there's not really like one stat that I'm like, okay, I'm going to sort by this stat and uh, pick out all these guys. And these are my favorite guys. Um, so that but, would be, that would be fantastic. I do just want to give yeah. a disclaimer. If it's proprietary information, you're going to have other people in the league listening. So do not feel obligated <laughs> to give up any of the uh, secret sauce. Oh uh, no, it's just very, uh, very standard, uh, you know, page surfing, but like, no, like I, I, you know, for batters, I, um, after I look at their core stats, like the six categories that, you know, actually give us points, um, then I go into mostly for hitters. I look at Babbitt first because that's the first thing that would explain like a low batting average. And it really depends on what, like, I'm curious about the player. Like, are they not hitting? Like, are they hitting, but just not for power? Like, are they just not getting the runs? So, uh, but like Babbitt's one of them that I always go to, and that's not really an advanced stat. Um but then, like, um, I, I do really like to kind of dig on, like, dig in on, like, the exit below and, like, the launch angle and, like, the infield fly ball rate versus the fly ball rate um, to just kind of gauge all those different areas. Uh, and then it kind of completes, makes a complete picture of, of you know, maybe a, a kind of reason for why this guy started slow um, or vice versa. And, you know, they're overperforming and uh, are, you know, a good self-candidate. So, I use that one. I, I guess for pitchers, I use a little bit more of the advanced stats because, of course, you know, I love FIP and Sierra and all those. But, like, that's where I really like to look at, like, pitch pitch breakdowns and, like, average velocities. 
Um, haven't gotten into spin rates yet. Need to uh, kind of expand my arsenal there. <laughs> I don't think definitely you're the, the only one. And the, <laughs> yeah, definitely the speeds and uh, like uh, the picks, pitch breakdown of uh, like how often they throw it. Those are ones that I look at a lot on fan graphs. That's great. It's um, it's really cool to look at those things, and it's interesting to hear how you uh, um, first like to look at Babbit. Uh, I know that's one that's pretty common and a mm-hmm. lot of people like it. Yeah. It's, it's something uh, for me. And I don't know if you would say the same, it's something that I felt completely uncomfortable with originally. And in time I've gotten a little more comfortable and I, I don't, I don't think I understand all of them hundred percent, but some of them um, I think are pretty interesting. And it sounds like you're kind of in the same, same boat there. Yeah. Um, especially with like the ones you mentioned earlier, like the WRC plus and like all those ones that have like seven letters, uh, still haven't really dove headfirst in onto those, but, um, I do like to look at them occasionally, but I, you know, like you're saying, they're kind of, um, intimidating and, um, you know, can be confusing. Right. I can't even get the acronym out, let alone remember <laughs> the formula. Yeah. So, so, that was a great recap of your history in fantasy baseball and kind of what you're thinking about it now. I, I would love to transition into the current league and what's going on, the, the meat and juice of what everyone wants to know. What's up with the one shining moments? The wand shining moments? The wands. I love the team name. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we're off to a weird start. Uh, let's see. I think we're officially a week and one day in. Um, and half of my hitters were uh, affected by the COVID already. So uh, it's been a confusing year because I look at the scoreboard and I'm up 7-5, but I feel like I've, I've been like the worst team in the league so far. Um, That's how so it goes yeah. sometime. You got to watch out for that, the COVID. It's getting people. Oh, I, I saw it be like two days and just knock them both out for like a week and a half. Walk walk me through the trade you just made. You and uh you and Kevin just made the first trade of the year. Yeah. What's yeah. what's going on uh, there? It looks like you traded um for Fernando Tatis and you yeah. gave up uh Grishman. Am I correct? Yeah. Yeah, so uh traded my sixth round pick, uh Trent Grisham for Tatis. Um yeah, like uh, it's a huge risk. I'm terrified, but I mean, uh, if you look back to uh, you know the recent shoulder issues, like with Cody Bellinger, he was able to play through it and play pretty well. But you know that was only for the playoffs, so that's not exactly the same. The one that I'm really looking back to is uh, 2007 Hanley Ramirez. I saw someone on Twitter tweeting about this, uh, and he went down basically the same way that Tatis did, um, and he missed like five games and then just went on for the last two months to, you know, just dominate the league. So I've talked myself into, um, you know, he's, he's, he's completely fine. He's going to sit down for two or three weeks and then just come back and tear it up and get surgery in the off season. But, you know, at the end of the day, if he uh, does only come back and play like five games, you know, I think I can weather a six round pick getting a dud for me. So uh, just, you know, high risk bet that hopefully will uh, pay off huge dividends. That's fantastic. I love your analysis there. It, uh, um, you gotta, you gotta take the, take the risk, man. You know what they say. Uh, and that's, um, it's really interesting that you only had to give up a six round pick for Fernando Tatis. Uh, I'm curious what the other owner's point of view is on this. And so hopefully soon we'll be able to get that as well. 
Um, yeah. Personally, are you a Tatis fan? Are you, I, I understand the, the, um, the medical analysis you've made, but like, do you just, you like the guy, you want him on the squad? I mean, he's obviously, you know, a top three player, uh, was drafted, I think, number three in the draft. So when he, he's not injured, he is, you know, one of the best players in baseball. So, um, you know, I obviously do like him as a player. Uh, and I thought the chances of him doing that versus him playing no more games was worth about a six-round pick. I don't know. Um, I definitely – because um, – I kind of uh, have to be a Padres fan because I don't actually get uh, either the Angels or the Dodgers uh, channels here. Um, and they're both blacked out on the MLB app that we have as a league. Um, so a lot of times at around 7 p.m. Pacific, I'm watching the Padres now because that's the only one that I get here. You live in downtown Los Angeles and you don't get the L.A. Dodgers or the L.A. Angels? Yeah, it's wild. I was shocked to find this out. I thought it was just going to be part of like the standard package, but it's just not there. Wow. That might be the most shocking thing we've heard all day. How is that a thing? That's crazy. Oh, God. I, I probably have to like pay like 20 bucks extra for some, you know, sports package. But if you don't have any Angels or Dodgers, is it worth it? Exactly. And plus, I have you, Darvish, and uh, Blake Snell. So I already have like plenty of Padres. So I kind of have to be a fan. So great point. Let's jump into that a little bit. Um, so I'm looking at the draft recap right now, and I see that you you got fourth pick this year. So you're sitting yeah. there, and you've you've got you've got a lot of guys in front of you that have gone that you would have loved to have, but you also got a lot of guys that you would love to have still sitting on the board for you. Walk me through what what you did there and what you were thinking, and if your second pick had any effect on that first pick. Yeah, so with it being in the top four, um, I didn't really feel like there was much of a decision for me to make, uh, just because they're like the top four that won were kind of like the like what I thought were the, were the were easily the four best players uh, for the league this year. Um, so my plan going into it was just you know take whoever's left of the you know four guys that we like. Uh, so for me, no, didn't really think about my second pick um, because there's just so much that could happen. And um, I wasn't going to let, you know, uh, some person I could potentially get in the back half of the second round affect who, who, who I'd pick, you know, at the top of the draft. You just want to get your studs. Absolutely. And uh, I think stud, you're, you're selling it short. Juan Soto is the stud. And um, I would have given up at least an arm, maybe even a leg just to have him. Uh, and the uh, fourth pick was on the block. You could have traded up, you know, a nice first and a, a, your second package definitely would have you know, got you Soto. That, that would have been enticing. Uh, but so then <laughs> let's, you, you made some interesting picks in regards to, uh, I wouldn't say they were traditional, but they, um, they kind of high risk, high reward. So in the second round, you go with um, you, Darvish, who I take it there you're thinking uh, might be a pitcher run, want to get a stud, um, anything out of the ordinary there, or just pretty much what I had mentioned? Yeah, pretty much what you mentioned. I think um, – I don't know exactly who, who, who went before him, but um, he was like the last one for me in, like a, in, in my tier of uh, my pitcher rankings. Um, like power – Really? 
Yeah, Bauer and uh, Walker, Walker Bueller just went before him. Um, or no, that was after. I don't really know what the exact order was, but uh, yeah, I have you pretty high as a pitcher. I thought he you know, was really good last year. And, uh, of course, he's now pitching in the Padres Stadium, which is just a pitcher's paradise. So, um, yeah, I you know thought he was a really strong uh, pick to be one of the top pitchers this year. So, I like it. How's he been so far? I haven't checked on his uh, metrics too closely. Um, he's been okay. He got he he got roughed up in uh, his opening day start, but every ace uh, really struggled that first day. Uh, had a decent game his last time out. Good strikeout number, but uh, only went six innings. So you really want to see. Speaking of, speaking of that, I've noticed, do you think the strikeouts are up this year? I feel like every other pitcher is throwing up double-digit strikeouts. Is it just me? Um, I, it, it, it may just be you. I just have – I've not really uh, noticed that. I kind of just uh, – you know, it makes sense, but all my, cause like all my pitchers are having really high strikeouts and here I was just, was like really pumped that my pitchers were, you know, just playing well. Makes sense. Yeah. I, I, um, keep an eye on that. I'm curious if, uh, if something's going to come out, it seems like, uh, maybe this new ball or whatever is going on, maybe just cause it's early in the season, but you've got guys that you wouldn't expect it going out and throwing, um, uh, a bunch of K's, but guys that you would expect it, uh, a late pick that you made that it looks like is already paying dividends. Uh, Kevin Gossman. Yeah. Um, Kevin Gossman was definitely one of like my sleeper, maybe even breakout picks. Uh, I was pretty high on him because of, uh, I think it's a splitter. Uh, he like just decided to go from like throwing his fastball 60% of the time to throwing his splitter 60% of the time. Interesting. And- is a much better pitch than his fastball. Um, so, yeah, yeah, he had a really good year last year. I was like, all right, uh, I feel like I'm going to get really good value on this guy uh, who is a fundamentally different pitcher because people just remember him from his days in Baltimore. That, uh, I, that sounds like some podcast knowledge there with the splitter. Uh, yeah, I think that one came from, from the sleeper in the bus. Um, love it. Love it. That's that type of deep knowledge. I can bring you home the chalice, uh, last mm-hmm. draft question for you. And this goes out for everyone in the league, because, uh, I'm curious if, uh, this is a, a trend worth following Pete Alonzo. Did you take him because you know, you could dish him for a premium to a, a certain someone. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, that definitely boosted his value. Uh, definitely, uh, was an extra kick, but um, also, he's just a stud. I mean, I hate to say it because he's a Met and uh, fuck the Mets, but um, yeah, he is. Uh, he was one of the guys that I thought was really due for a bounce back year. Just dropped hopefully fifty bombs. Here in the uh, Chalice Chasers League, we have no shortage of Met haters, and uh, um, it sounds like you're ringing the bell too. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, hopefully he just gets off to a quick start, has 10 or 15 home runs, and I can trade him to Greg really easily. Uh, maybe get his first and his third-round pick or something like that. So speaking of Greg, you're playing Greg this week, and it looks like you got a 7-5 scoreboard right now. It's uh, it's Friday evening, so some guys are playing, but it's, it's a pretty light schedule uh, this evening, so I don't know if you'll see too many changes. Uh, 
you think you're going to be able to pull this one out? It looks like some categories are close. What, uh, are you sweating anything or you, you feel good? I know you mentioned earlier that your, your uh, team wasn't doing so hot in your eyes, but uh, specifically for this matchup, anything going on there? Um, I mean, I'm feeling pretty confident in the uh, pitching categories holding. Uh, I got a 30K lead, um, and uh, the rest of the categories seem kind of set. So that looks like a 5-1 win for me. Uh, hitting is just terrifying. OBP goes back and forth like every other uh, person that goes up to the plate. Um, but like I was saying earlier, like with with me having three or four guys who just didn't play for the first four or five games, uh, my counting stats are just uh, abysmal right now. So I'm hoping I can uh, have a late surge and maybe uh, pass them in runs or home runs. But, uh, yeah, worried about the hitters. Uh, feeling pretty good about the staff, though. Very nice. That's uh, It's always a nice place to be in, especially with uh, – I don't know if you've taken a peek at that waiver wire, but uh, the pitchers are looking – Per usual, pretty thin. Yeah, we gotta need. Uh, we just need uh, some of these young guys to get a, uh, you know, just get call so that we can uh, have some more uh, options on waivers. Exactly. Uh, we need a few of those call ups. So, all right, Tim. Well, I, I wanted to the last section of this podcast. I was going to try something out, and uh, I was going to hit you with a few uh, a few questions, some forecast for you, if um, if that's okay with you. See. Uh, See how you're feeling in regards to predicting the future. Sure. Cool. So uh, let's start here first with the easy one. World Series champion this year. Uh, oh, uh, the Phillies. Phillies. I, I think I saw that one coming. Uh, that makes <laughs> I mean, sense. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Zach Wheeler is uh, a complete ace and he's just going to dominate this year. Uh, I think the Braves just kind of chased him out of the game, but that's not important. I, I hope it's true. It could be like uh, like the old days, a little Phillies, Dodgers, a uh, road to the World Series. Might might see it happen. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be a problem because I'm going to have to go to uh, the games that are out here in uh, some Phillies gear. And the Los Angeles fans are kind of terrifying. So um, hopefully we can play like the Angels or the Padres and I can go to that game instead. Did I hear this correctly? Coming from a, a Philadelphia sports fan, who lived in Philadelphia, you think the Los Angeles sports fans are terrifying? Oh, yeah. they. Um, so uh, this this all comes from uh, one game that I went to, and it wasn't even in Los Angeles. It was actually a Dodgers at the 80s back when I was uh, in the Bay Area. Um, and it was just a terrifying experience. They were just fighting over, like, sunglasses. It was really weird. Uh, like in Philly, you just get yelled at, you get heckled, maybe get some beer poured on you. But, uh, you know, people out here, like, they're just always trying to fight. Wow. It's kind of like the Eagles, but no one wants to fight me at the Eagles game because I'm an Eagles fan. So um, it's, it's it's just a different world when you're not, like, a part of it. That's crazy to think about. I'm going to have to see that firsthand and uh, get some comparison there. I'd, I'd love to hear your report back uh, next time you join the podcast on what that uh, Dodger Stadium is like. And if it's yeah. weird being uh, at, at ground level there. Yeah, it also didn't help uh, for that last game that I went to. I was, like, reading a news story about two people getting stabbed right after the game the night before. So uh, that kind of put me on a, on a very high alert. So that could uh, have some he- heavy influence on uh, my anti-LA fan takes. Well, well, n- next time you're going to a game, please let the league know, and we'll all, uh, we'll all say some T's and P's for you. 
Sure. All right. So next question here, and uh, you don't no need to elaborate too much if you don't want to, but uh, who who do you like for NL MVP? Um. Cool. I mean, I gotta stick with my boy Juan Soto. Uh, you know, I, I really want to, uh, you know, root for him. So I gotta keep my my uh, my uh, predictions and my rooting interests aligned. And also, he's just you know due for another major season. Love it. What about AL MVP? Um, I don't think I have any AL MVP candidates on my team. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Are you sure? Rafi uh, Devers? Just no, no, no. I, I, I can't stick that hard. Uh, let's just go with Mike Trout, hometown boy. Okay, love it. So I'm going to stick with the same, the same uh, kind of style here. What about NL Cy Young and AL Cy Young? All right, so I'll drop a sh- I'll uh, drop a stick a little bit. Uh, NL Cy Young, got to go with Jacob DeGrom just because, you know, he is just disgusting. Him sitting at like 102 the other day against the Phillies was just um, terrifying stuff. Um, AL, I'm not really sure. Um, let me Google some people. <laughs> that's, why we, that's why we call this off the cuff at the end here. Exactly. Um, So getting back to the swing, in, into the swing of things and trying to remember who went where. Um, you got Bieber. You got the Biebs. Yeah. Giolito. Lance no, Lynn. I, I, I'd probably go with Biebs, but um, Biebs. for a year of uh, NL dominance, especially in the pitching space. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to, uh, to see how that one uh, plays out. And then last question. And if you don't have an answer to this, I understand because I don't know how many would. Rookie of the year. It can be for either league. It doesn't need to be league specific. Is Alex Baum still eligible? I'm not sure. That's a great question. Do you want Alex Baum if he is? Alex Baum? Oh, yeah. Um, I I think he was second last year, so I don't know if, if he actually is eligible. Um, and in which case, uh, I definitely don't have a rookie of the year pick because, um, I just really don't pay attention to, to, to you know the prospects of non Phillies except for like the elite two or three. Although, um, ever since the the whole the the whole Vlad debacle from a couple years ago, uh, I've been kind of staying away from all these very hyped very hyped rookie players, uh, just because I don't want to get burned again. So. Uh, Unless yes. the Phillies have like a prospect, I can't really give you anything uh, uh, for rookie of the year. We'll we'll leave it as TBD, and maybe on the next time we'll see. Uh, maybe we might be halfway through the season if someone's emerged from for you. Perfect. Yeah. Great, Tim. We'll uh, love having you as the first guest on the Chalice Chasers podcast. And uh, I um I don't have any other questions left. Is there anything uh, anything you want to say for the listeners out there? No, uh, just uh, thanks for having me on. It's just been a great honor and uh, can't wait to, uh, you know, get, the, get really deep into the uh, meat of the season and uh, hopefully bring home uh, my first ever championship. Absolutely.
best of, best of luck to you. And we look forward to having you on here again soon. And uh, we'll be able to get an update of uh, who, who's been pestering you in the season, who you, who you can't beat, who you, who you've been enjoying beating and uh, kind of just catching up with you. So Tim, it's been fantastic. Thank you. Uh, thanks for joining. Thank you.